1: LA's Studios.
0: This is How to LA, the podcast that helps you understand this city and county, including what's on your ballot. I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. As I'm sure you all know, it's a big election year. And the March primary is coming up fast. As journalists, we always get feedback that voting can be daunting. But people definitely know the issues they're concerned about. Homelessness, housing, the environment, even things like trash pickup. So, LAist journalists are gathering information on key races and have put together really helpful issue-based voting guides. And that's what we're going to talk about again today, the voter game plan. Last time, we covered homelessness. This week, it's the climate emergency
1: what is arguably the challenge of our time, climate change. This crisis that threatens our very existence. They're calling on the local, state and federal governments, as well as the LA Department of Water and Power and LA Unified School District to declare a climate emergency.
0: After the break, we'll get into what you need to know about your March 5th ballot if the climate crisis is something that matters to you.
1: Support for L.A.S. comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center, presenting the world premiere of Ghost Waltz by Oliver Mayer, a bold original recovery of Juventino Rosas, one of Mexico's most significant composers. Follow Rosas from his father's early death to his friendship with ragtime genius Scott Joplin, now on stage through June 2nd. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Support for LAist comes from Pasadena Water and Power, inviting everyone to join the Ripple Effect. Water plays a pivotal role in our lives, and every individual's actions matter in preserving this resource. Each action we take starts the ripple of change, making a greater impact throughout the community. Be part of the Ripple Effect and learn more about water programs, workshops, and ways to save at pwpweb.com slash the ripple effect.
0: And we're back with Elias Brianna Lee. She's one of the journalists who contributed to the Voter Game Plan. Hey, Brianna. Hey, Brian. All right. First things first, I want to know how you got prepared to write this guide on the climate emergency.
1: I really did a lot of talking to the people who cover climate in our newsroom. So that was Aaron Stone, our reporter for the climate emergency, and also Jacob Margolis, who did a lot of climate reporting and and science reporting as well. So I talked to both of them to kind of get their handle on how what you vote on, uh, on your ballot intersects with the climate emergency. And it's, it's sort of a big thing to get your head around.
0: Yeah, totally. And did you ever talk to like any voters that were like, how do I get started with
1: this? Yeah, I talk to people all the time about voting, even when it's not an election year. It's sort of the thing that I like to just spring on people when we were having conversations. (laughs) Um, And I just talked to them about, you know, what are the kinds of problems that they tend to see in their neighborhoods? And how do they go about trying to participate in fixing them? Do they think they even can do anything to fix them, including with voting? And I get the sense that, you know, a lot of people are really looking for ways to be part of the solution and and vote in a way that helps solve the problems that they see. They just don't necessarily see the connection between how the, the names on their ballot and the offices on their ballot with the issues that they care about.
0: And the climate emergency can matter a lot in a presidential election and when it comes to your senator and congressperson. But the election guide that you put together shows how local leaders can have a lot of influence on these issues, too. Can you explain that some more?
1: Yeah, so at the local level, officials make all kinds of decisions about how your city and county are run. And there are a lot of different policies that affect the climate. So, for instance, they can influence what kind of energy we use and where we get it from or how energy efficient our buildings have to be. They also have a lot of say over things like how much housing can be built in your city and where public transportation goes. And all of that affects how many cars might be on the road. It can also influence rules that businesses or ports, airports, and industrial manufacturing have to follow in order to cut down on their emissions. So these officials have quite a lot of influence, but that impact can show up in a lot of different ways.
0: You know, we've talked to our climate emergency reporter, Aaron Stone, about issues like the phasing out of oil drilling here in Los Angeles. That's something that city and county officials voted to do. Are there any other examples that you've seen like this?
1: Yeah, there are a few other examples of things that city council or board of supervisors have done that that really affect Uh, climate policy in sort of a big way. Back in 2022, the LA City Council also passed a law that required all new buildings constructed in LA to be all electric. So they sort of phased out gas from new buildings that were being constructed. And it looks like the county board of supervisors will look to do something similar pretty soon because around the same time they voted to have staff develop specific recommendations for how to have buildings in unincorporated LA also go all electric in the future.
0: Last week, we talked about homelessness in L.A., and you mentioned a few questions people should ask themselves as they think about who and what to vote for when it comes to that issue. What are some of the things that people should think about if they're concerned about the climate?
1: So it really helps to know some of the tangible ways that cities and counties can actually take action on the climate. This is a really big overarching issue. Pretty much everything intersects with the climate. So kind of understanding the ways that your local officials can actually take action, can break down the problem a little bit more. So for example, local leaders have a lot of power to make decisions or influence things like, you know, how much of what kind of housing we build, what uh, how we protect against and respond to wildfires or floods, and sort of the other things that I mentioned as well, energy efficiency for buildings. And so I think one thing that you can do is choose your area of focus because if you think about everything at once it's a little overwhelming so if you choose a couple of areas that are really important to you you can use that as a jumping off point to scrutinize candidates platforms
0: what are some of the positions that have the biggest influence that you would say
1: well chances are your city council member and county supervisor may be on the ballot this year and those are two of the most powerful elected positions in la If you live in a city outside of L.A., you might have a mayoral election on your ballot as well. And obviously that role will have a big influence, too. But generally, city council members and county supervisors make the laws that guide how we live every day in L.A. And as we discussed, that all affects the climate in different ways. But the Board of Supervisors also sits on the board of directors for L.A. Metro. So they have a lot of say over Mm. how Metro runs and decisions like how or how quickly Metro buses transition to renewable energy sources, which is something that's happening now.
0: When it comes to state representatives, I feel like California has a reputation for having some of the most progressive laws in the country when it comes to the environment. What should people be paying attention to when it comes to their state senator or assembly person?
1: So in general, the state legislature sets the baseline for what cities and counties have to do across California. So for example, they passed a law a little while ago that said every city and county has to have a composting program. And you might've heard something about this, the composting law, right? Mm -hmm. So your city might have already had this kind of program. I'm from San Francisco. We've San Francisco's had composting for a very long time, but other cities or counties that didn't have these kinds of programs were forced to take action. So that's something that can originate at the state level. So in general, you can think of areas where you wish your city or you wish other cities in California, If they were doing more or they were doing things differently, if that's an area where state law could push everybody to move a little further, then you can focus on the state level races.
0: There are some important dates coming up in February that people should know about and make sure they have their ballots ready to have their voices heard in the primary. What are some of those dates?
1: Yeah, so February 20th is the last day to register online to vote for the March 2024 primary election. So that just means that um, it's the last day you can use a website for the LA County Registrar mm-hmm. to register um, for the election. If you miss that deadline, you can still register. You just have to go in person to a voting center to do it. You don't have the convenience of, you know, being able to do it online anymore. And on February 24th, vote centers open for in-person voting. And you can go there for any kind of help, like getting a replacement ballot. Um, you can go there to even, you know, ask questions or Turn in your ballot if you want to. You don't have to, though. Um, but that's when voting begins. And March 5th is the last day to cast your vote.
0: Brianna, thanks so much for joining me and bringing this down for me. Thanks, Brian. That was Brianna Lee, engagement producer for Civics and Democracy for Elias You can read her guides on elias.com Just look out for the voter game plan. And that's it for us today. Bri will be back in a week to talk about voting on housing affordability. Tomorrow... We'll be speed dating. It's the next installment of our series about loneliness in LA and how Angelinos are finding ways to meet people and build community. Join us for that. This episode was produced by Monica Bushman. Our Hot to LA team also includes Erica Washington, Evan Jacoby, Megan Botel, and Victoria Alejandro. Our intern is Tony Morales. Our executive producer is Megan Larson, and our engineer is Hazmik Pagosian. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live.